Okay, back to regular programming. <laughs> All right, we're going to be turning in our Bibles to Proverbs 29, Acts 2, and Genesis 37 and 39. But let me just say first, how about those mariners? Come on. Some of you are like, who are the mariners? They're our baseball team in Seattle, and they are in the playoffs for the first time in 21 years. So pretty cool there. And uh, their, their theme is win, dance, and advance. And I think that should be the theme of the church. That's win, dance, and advance, all right? Uh, secondly, let me just say uh, what a great 15th anniversary weekend we had last week. It just flowed from the banquet through the uh, messages that were shared, again, about the dream and the vision that God has for us. So <clears throat> it was an incredible time together, and I am, again, just so grateful for, if you haven't seen the new kitchen yet, you need to walk back there and check it out. It's, a, it's the best commercial kitchen in Grace Harbor. It's amazing. So give a big hand to everybody who helps so much in so many ways. Okay, we started a series a few weeks ago called Dream Again, and that theme flowed right through our anniversary weekend. It was amazing to see how the Holy Spirit dovetailed those messages and uh, today I want to give you the last sermon that I have in this series called uh, Don't Give Up on Your Dreams. So let's lift up our Bibles, smartphones, iPads, <clears throat> whatever you have your Bible on, and let's make our prayer declaration together. Say this with me. This is my Bible, God's holy word. This book is alive and it's powerful. I read other books, but this is the only book that reads me. There are many opinions, but this is the only opinion that counts. Today, I declare by faith, I can do all it says I can do. I can be all it says I can be. And I can have all it says I can have. Today, by faith, I ask the Lord Jesus, the living word, to take his written word and personalize it for my life so I can leave here changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, in review, I gave you basically two theme scriptures we've been using. Proverbs 29, 18 in the message says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So if you're stumbling all over yourself today, you need to ask God, open my spiritual eyes and help me to see what you're up to. And then Acts 2.17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And I just want to say again, reiterate, we are living in the last days. And God is pouring out his spirit. I was just part of a conference list last week where the cry of the people, over a thousand people crying out, God, revive us, stir us up, send your spirit upon your church, and I believe he's doing that. And one of the signs of that is your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. So in the last days, uh, prophecy will increase, visions will increase, and dreams will increase. So today, I want to help all of you to not give up on your God-given dreams. 
And this sermon is dedicated to all of you who walked in here smiling on the outside, but you're giving up on the inside, okay? Many of you have been through so much that you've begun to believe the dream could never happen in my life. But I want you to know this. Dreams are conceived long before they are achieved. Let me say that again. Dreams are conceived long before they are achieved, okay? Now, uh, you can't talk about dreams without talking about a certain person, I believe, in the Old Testament. Uh, He had a couple of dreams from God. His name was Joseph, and he was a teenager when he received those dreams, and he's excited to be used by God. Uh, And I just want you to know, uh, God does use teenagers. God does get people excited. I remember as a youth that I had a dream to be used by God, not realizing that I still had a lot of work to be done in my life, but I thought we could take the world for Jesus and God was gonna use me and I wanted to be his man of power for the hour. And God said, you will be a man of power for the hour in 60 some years. (laughs) So um, uh, one of the problems with dreams is we forget it is always about God getting the glory from our lives and that his dreams always cause us to focus on others and not ourselves. And as we share our dreams, we need to be careful how we share them uh, with others, okay? So in Genesis 37, verses five through seven, Joseph, it says, had a dream. And when he had told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. So even before he shared his dream, His 10 brothers hated him. Why? Because he was the baby of the family. He was the favored one. And his dad pampered him and loved him. And he was special compared to all the other brothers. He just was loved more by his dad. And everybody knew it. He even received a coat of many colors that his brothers did not get. And uh, they hated him already before he ever shared the dream. Don't you just love family? And then he says, it says there, so he said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field and when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while all your sheaves gathered around my sheaf and bowed down to it. What every brother and sister want to hear. So Joseph shows us even in his attitude, he's not ready for the dream to be filled. He shows us that God had some work to do on his life. That's why God gives space and distance between the beginning of a dream and the fulfilling of a dream. So his brothers weren't uh, real excited, so they say this in verse 19. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him. Does that sound like family? And you guys are all looking so self-righteous. Everybody's wanting to kill a brother or sister once or twice. (laughs) Let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. So I want to give you a few truths right here from this portion of scripture. And uh, hopefully we'll help you not quit on your dream. Number one, don't give up on your dreams even if it didn't start off well. So what happens to a lot of us is the dream comes, and then history comes. And uh, many of you think these events 
that happen as history happens that they disqualify you. But I want you to know, uh, I had a person say to me the other day, actually, but you don't know about this or that as if God can't forgive everyone else, but God can't forgive my mistakes. And uh, then, then they'll say things like this. I'll say, God can forgive you. And they'll say, Doug, it's too late. And I want you to know today, when a dream doesn't start off well, it's never too late for God. It's never too late for our God to get involved in your life. So what many of you don't know is that God has already covered your past mistakes, your sins with his blood, but you haven't forgiven yourself. And God has a history of using people who have these horrible pasts. When you look at the characters in the Bible, you will, you will find they are just that, they're characters, okay? And so, I, they, in fact, they're not just characters. They're characters with big issues. I would ask you to raise your hand if you have big issues, but I won't. And the, and the reason he uses them is because he's not telling you their story just to tell their story, but he's trying to show us that God can take gnarly, nasty people and turn them into people that live, love, and look like Jesus, all right? Now, I mean, here's a brand new church starting in Acts chapter two, and God wants to evangelize the world through this church, and he's looking for a guy to be the chief church planner throughout the world. And he finds this guy who murders Christians, He oversees the execution of Christians. He drags women and children out of their houses and persecutes them. He he, he blinds, uh, so God comes along, blinds him on the road, knocks him off his donkey, and Saul, who becomes Paul, meets Jesus. Now, how many of you would have chosen Paul? I wouldn't have chosen Paul. Uh, I I, I think, uh, you know what, I would have made him go through fresh start and he clipped Equip classes. Your dream can become a reality, though, even if it hasn't been going well so well lately. I love this verse. 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 13 says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has, been, who, who has given me strength, and I love this next line, that he considered me faithful. Now, I don't know about you, but I wasn't always faithful, but God considered me faithful even when I didn't deserve it. Listen to this. Appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Paul was saying this. I can't believe Jesus chose me. I can't believe he picked me. It doesn't matter. You need to hear this. It doesn't matter what you've done. God's dream for your life can come to pass. So don't measure your life by who you think you are, but measure by who God says you are. So here's the next one. Don't give up even if the journey is full of surprises. Do you know why? Because your journey is going to be full of lots of surprises. In fact, I can guarantee it. In fact, there will be probably twice as many bad days as good days. Chances are there are going to be uh, a lot that you, a lot of days where you, you're going to feel like you want to give up on your dream. Now, some of you are saying, my goodness, Pastor Doug, couldn't you be more positive? And I want you to know this. I am positive <laughs> that you're going to have some bad days, all right? So uh, let's, let's play an audience participation game, all right? 
I'm going to tell you a little bit about Joseph's story, about bad days versus good days. And I will make a statement, and you answer me by saying, give up or go on. Here's the first statement. Put in a pit to be eaten by a lion. Give up or go on? Give up. Have you noticed? I put it in red. You'll stop there. That's what some people want to do. All right. The older brother feels bad about it. So he pulls Joseph out of the pit and says, let's just sell him as a slave. So sold into slavery to Potiphar. Give up or go on? I think we would have, many of us would have given up. You know, we get going in the pit. But you guys are such good Christians. All right? So I put it in red again. Give up. Okay, living in a strange country far from home. Give up or go on? You guys... You're saying the right, it's like, it's like I'm in a Sunday school class and I say, who, who, who saved you? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Now listen, many of you would give up. That's why it says in the last days, many people will fall away from God because the pressure is going to get too much. Some of you would give up. Okay, give in favor in Potiphar's house. Give up or go on. That's when you go on. That's why it's in green. Stop, go. Okay, falsely falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Give up or go on? Give up. She wants to have sexual relations with him. He runs out of the house without his coat on, and I'd say I'm toast. And he didn't give up, though, but guess what happened to him? Here's the next one. Thrown into prison. Give up or go on? Give up. And, and by the way, it wasn't like one of those special prisons we have today. These guys were gnarly. They probably, he was probably a guy hunched over with one eye in the middle of his forehead. That was a warden. Just saying. All right. Okay. Where am I at here? Thrown into prison. That's where I'm at. Okay. Okay. But he's given charge over all the prisoners. Give up or go on. Go on. Forgotten by the cupbearer, he, he interprets a dream and, and, and tells the cupbearer, now when you go in to, before Pharaoh, don't forget me. He says, don't worry, I won't. But he's forgotten by the cupbearer. Give up or go on. Do you know how long he was forgotten? Here's the next statement. Remained in prison for two more years. Give up or go on. Give up. But then he came out of prison and became the second in command of all of Egypt by interpreting Pharaoh's dream, give up or go on. Go on. Finally, the dream is coming to fruition, all right? Now, I hope you understand by looking at these scenarios how many bad days were there compared to good days. It's like three to one. And I just want you to know, when you sign up to be a Christian, I'm not saying you signed up for bad days. I'm just saying you signed up for some tough times, some tough days. And what we all want is you need to understand God will dish out some bad days, not because he's a bad God, but because he's trying to mature you, 
All right? So here's a verse that will encourage all of us today. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose or his dream. That means your current situation, your current marriage, your current financial situation, your current employment, your current health, all of that, and all things you and I need to remember, our God is at work over our lives. And he's at work for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose or his dreams, and he will come through for our lives. Here's the third one to write down. Don't give up on your dream, even if it takes a long time to realize it. And that's because it will. That's why I wanted to end this series today on don't give up on your dreams because God's dreams take time. Look at this verse, Habakkuk 2.3. These things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair for these things will surely come to pass. But be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. I don't know if that gives you hope, but it sure gives me hope. Because God's dream and purpose for your lives and my life takes time, but according to God, the God we serve, it won't be overdue a single day or a single hour because God is always working behind the scenes. So let me give you some things to remember along the way as you, like Joseph did. Here's the first one. Well, Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we, read it with me, do not give up. And that's the key. Tell that person next to you this morning, don't give up. Now turn to the person you didn't choose and tell them you really need not to not give up. All right. Now along the way, there are three principles that you need to uh, live by as you live out God's dream for your life. Here's the first one. As you live out the dream along the way, you have to recognize and value the process because God does. Let me say it this way. When something is happening to you, God wants to do something in you. And it may not be a part of, of God uh, uh, or the part of God that we enjoy, but he wants his best for us, so he allows things. He doesn't always cause it. God doesn't bring trouble, but he allows it. So why? So we can mature. That's his whole purpose. So as you are screaming, God, help me from this situation, God's leaning down saying this, I see your situation and I'd like you to learn a little bit from it first. That's what he's saying. So he leans down there and says, let's learn from it first. And we need to change our prayer from, Lord, take this away from me to, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? And guess what? You will get out of that situation faster when you change your prayer to, Lord, teach me what you're trying to teach me. Because God's love's working on our character, not our comfort. See, we all think we become Christians. Things are going to get better. I became a Christian. Things are better because Jesus is with you, but they're not always better in the situations because God wants you to know with big dreams come big changes. Yeah. 
So he's not interested in your comfort. It's like when our kids come to us and, and they get up from, in the morning for school and you, you shake them and say, come on, it's time for school. And they say, but I don't want to go to school. And you say, I'm not interested in your comfort or your sleep. I'm interested in, in you leaving this house one day. That's what I'm interested in. And I want you to get out of bed. I'm here. Get your petunia out of here and out of bed. Get to school now. So one day in my older years, you can support me. That's, <laughs> that is worth an applause for parents, I'm telling you. Okay. As parents, we, need, we are more interested in developing them than them having fun and being comfortable. If you're not interested in that, you're not a good parent, by the way. As God's kids, we have to recognize and value the process because if you don't, this dream road will become bumpy and lumpy as you go through it. So life is not what happens to you. It's your response to what happens to you. Look at these verses. 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7. Uh, I think on your notes it says Proverbs, but it's 1 Peter, okay? So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you have to endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold through your faith, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So you may not know this, but uh, gold is purified through fire. And when the heat's turned up, all the impurities rise to the stop, uh, rise to the top, and then there's a skimmer there that skims off all the impurities from the gold. And when it gets done, it's pure gold. You may not realize this, but God has you and me in a skimming process, and you are trying to pray that process away. And God says, "Embrace it." Listen, and every storm is a school, by the way, and every test is a place of teaching, and every experience is an education. So look at what the rest of the verse says. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed <clears throat> to the whole world. So God is at work in our trials. Look at these, uh, these verses, James 1, 2 through 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. In other words, when the trials come, you go, yahoo, God's taking me through another one. I've never seen anybody practice this verse, <laughs> including me. <laughs> because, listen, so, uh, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. No matter what comes my way, I'm learning. I'm not going to quit because no matter, no matter uh, that there's some bad days, I know the good day's coming, and I know the dream's going to be fulfilled, okay? So you recognize the value of the process of the, along the way. Here's the second one. Along the way, you must refuse to let offense stop you. And here's why. It is almost, who's ever clapping over there? I really like them. Thank you. It's, just, it's good. It's almost like there are people on this planet who took Equip 201 to discover their gifts and they found out their gift and their calling is to destroy your life. I'm just joking, man. Some people, though, 
in your life. How many have ever had a person that you think they've been sent to you to destroy you? Yeah, lots of them. Some of you are lying and didn't raise your hand, but that's okay. <clears throat> Listen, like it or not, there are people that, that you have to work at forgiving almost on a daily basis, if not daily, weekly. And here's what I've found. Resentment and bitterness are dream killers. They will kill your dream. So let me say it this way. It will stop you dead in your tracks. And I've discovered in my 63 years of serving God, unforgiveness is the number one dream killer. So in our story today, Joseph gets sold by his brothers into slavery. He's sold out by his own family. Can you imagine selling one of your family members uh, for a few bucks into trafficking, slave trafficking? And as time goes by, Joseph is around 37 to 40 years old when he sees his brothers again. He's dressed like an Egyptian, probably with a little makeup on. His brothers don't recognize him. So Joseph has stored up all this grain and his brothers, just like his dream said when he was 17 years old, they come and they bow down before him. The dream's fulfilled. And that would have been the moment when most of us would have said, okay, you've been bad bros. And I have some power. And half of you are going to build pyramids for the rest of your lives. The other half of you, I'm going to throw you in a pit and may the fleas of a, from a thousand camels get in your armpits. That's, that's what we would have said. I just came up with that one this morning. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that was his chance to get even. He even had the power to do it, but he didn't use his power for evil. In fact, he told them he was their brother eventually. He had a little fun with it at first. And when they all came together, he said these words. And this verse is one of my, probably one of my favorite verses of all verses. Genesis 50, 20. He said this, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. I want you to hear this. Some of you think that, that all these things that are happening to you are just, you know, bad people in your lives. And you, some of you think it's, you know, your, your, your husband or your wife or your ex-husband or ex-wife or all your exes or whatever it might be or your brothers or your sisters or your parents or your employer, all of that. Listen, all I can say is this. When you use your power to do evil against somebody else, they're dream stoppers. In fact, these kind of folks, I want you to know, when you can forgive, they understand this verse, what, what Jesus said in Luke 17, 1. Then Jesus said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. Jesus tells his, his uh, 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 disciples, offenses are gonna come, boys. I'm gonna leave the scene, but I've empowered you with the Holy Spirit and you will get, offenses will come. It's unavoidable. You can't get away from it. But then the apostle Paul gave them great understanding of what he says in Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So he's saying this. I want you to hear this. Your struggle is not against a person. Do you have haters in your life? I, I have haters in my life. I can't understand why anybody would hate me. I'm a nice guy. I, I mean, look at this. Who wouldn't like this? <laughs> 
And, I, and people put things out on Facebook, all sorts of things out there. And somebody will say, have you read this? Nope, I don't want to read it. I had a bunch of accusations given to me. And somebody said, I didn't read them. I started to read one. And you know why I didn't? Because I did not want to look at those people when I saw them again and think those things. I burned them all. I got rid of them. Okay? <clears throat> you know what I've realized? Hurting people hurt people. But you can't let that get inside of you and you must realize your real enemy is, is what it says in the rest of the verse. Verse struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So let me tell you a story. Years ago, I was hurt by people that I thought were my close friends and some relatives. And I had a hard time letting go of it. Some of it uh, was, it was in my mind, it was in my heart, and I needed healing. And so I went to the city church for a year, and then, and then I came back here. But how many know you can mask your pain? And so I was masking my pain, trying to, you know, giving it to Jesus as much as I knew how. And for a while, I, I, I thought those folks were my enemies. And then shortly after we started this church, I received a call from a guy, and this guy said, could I have coffee with you, come by and see you? And, and uh, he was a guy that was in our Lois's and youth group years before. And so I said, sure, come on by. So he came to this church right here, and uh, we sat in my car out there. And I don't remember if we had coffee or not, but, but what I do remember is he said, he said this, when I left your youth group, I became a warlock in one of the local satanic covens in Grace Harbor. And he went on to tell me there were over 20-some covens on the harbor at that time. And then he asked me this question. Do you remember being let go from your former church a couple of years ago? Duh! I said, yes. And then he proceeded to tell me that three months before I was let go, that all these covens were gathering out behind that church to fast and pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the woods there to get rid of me and to get rid of that church and to get rid of my ministry. And he, he, when I was let go or fired, they all, here's what you need to hear. All those covens came together and they had a big party and celebrated that I was gone. <clears throat> and then he said this, I just wanted you to know what was really behind your demise. He said, we prayed you out of ministry, but you came back. <laughs> and I said, that's right. I wanted to say, I wouldn't be back, but my wife made me come back, but I'm back. And that's when I realized this, you guys, I was never fighting people but I was fighting against principalities and powers and evil spirits assigned to steal my call, my ministry, my marriage, and God's dreams that I had for Grace Harbor, we had for Grace Harbor, and he wanted to steal them from my life. And had we given in to resentment and bitterness, the dream would have been killed. So folks, you need to understand, people are not your problem. But people can be used by the enemy 
to steal your dreams and to get you to take up an offense against them instead of the real enemy. You need to know that because if the devil could speak through Peter and he didn't know it, so can your friends, so can your spouse, and so can you. That's why it tells us in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6 says these words, and forgive us our debts as we, as, all, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. How do you get de- delivered from the evil one? Through forgiving others. Because the next verses say this, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. In other words, you have an open heaven and open doors and the Holy Spirit flows through you freely. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. You've closed the door to the flow of the Holy Spirit and opened the door to the enemy against your life. Unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness is a dream stopper. You thought it was about all those other people, but it's not. There's an assignment from hell to take you out and stop your dreams, okay? And you need to know this. The enemy sees way beyond where you see because he's heard your pl- God's plan for your life. So we must recognize and value the process. We must refuse to let offense stop your dreams. And here's the last one. You need to remember every day God is always with you. Now, take, just take a moment now and set your pens down and just listen to these scriptures I'm going to give you to show you that God is always with you because the day that Joseph was sold into slavery, this is what it tells us in Genesis 39:2. The Lord was with Joseph in the pit. And then it says, so that he prospered. And when he was in prison, Genesis 39, 20 through 21. The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor. Do you think Joseph knew that? I just think Joseph didn't feel anything. I just think he said, God, you're in control. I don't get this. I thought you were gonna make me God's man of power for the hour. And here we are 17 years later or whatever. And all these things are happening in my life. Psalm 139, eight through 10. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths of hell, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Psalms 46.1. I gave this verse to Lois when she found out her dad was dying of cancer and he was only 40 years old. And I said, you need to know this verse. We had met for the first time. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Here's another one, Psalm 43, or not Psalm, Isaiah 43, verse two. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And verse five in that same chapter says, do not be afraid for I am with you. Jeremiah 1.8, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. And one of the last things Jesus said was Matthew 28.20, and surely 
I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I want you to know this. Our God is with you on your good days and your bad days. God is with you no matter what you're going through. It's his, if it's his dream, he'll see it come to pass. You just trust him, obey him, and let him work it out in your life. Don't give up on your dreams, God's dreams for your life. Let's stand. <clears throat> Well, let me just say this for a moment. I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes. I just want you to hear this. Some of you walked in here this morning and you were ready to give up because you've been exhausted in the fight. You thought, I can't make it another day. And I've got news for you today. God is here this morning. He sees your exhaustion and he's here to re to restore your emotions and your body. I think someone here would say today, you know what, I had my plan laid out for my life and then someone came in and betrayed me and hurt me. And I want you to know this, God's here to help you today to forgive. There's people in some of your lives that you haven't forgiven yet and God's saying, I want you to forgive. I want you to lay it at the altar and here's how you do this. You say, Lord, I lay so-and-so at your feet and I give them to you. Do you know why, Lord? Because I need your forgiveness too. And when you start releasing forgiveness to others, God can release it back to your life. So if that's you this morning, I'm gonna ask you to be bold. Is that you? I, I have unforgiveness. I, I've given up on my dreams. I'm exhausted. Raise them high. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. It's a good third of us probably here right now. Okay, I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I pray today that you would restore dreams. You will touch bodies and emotions, mind, will, and emotions, physical bodies. Restore them. Give them the grace to fight once again with you. Help them to believe for the dream that you put in their lives. For those who have unforgiveness, I ask you, Lord, to help them lay it at your feet today. Lay that person. Maybe it's one name or many names, but I pray today they will lay it at your altar and that you take care of it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna just sing just for a moment. And uh, if I can have altar workers come on up to pray for you, pray, prayer people. But you don't have to go to them if you don't want. If you just need to get down here on your knees at this altar and lay those things at God's feet, do that. But get some prayer, worship, don't let another day go by without that being addressed, okay? Let's worship and the altar is open.